1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapessi, And alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gillespie. Paul, here we are. It's uh, the end of January, and I still have one of these beautiful winter solstice beers. I bet you're out, <laughs> aren't you? It's still winter, technically.
2: It, it is. It is still winter. <laughs> I will give you that. And mm. uh, I honestly thought that... Um, my affinity for that 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 beer could not be topped, but uh I'm starting to to find that I may have to start deferring to uh what what I might regard as an unhealthy obsession Jason well let's, <laughs> oh, develop I'll for this,
1: way. this. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are the drug dealer of choice in this regard mm. but I will say you know as I've been That's going true. I do through, take full um, responsibility for this you should yeah by the way hi everybody, welcome to the show <laughs> uh, <laughs> this. This is uh, funny because I've been going through all of the episodes prior and kind of remastering the audio so that it all sounds better than what it did when I knew less about audio engineering and and producing that kind of thing. And um, there was a moment, I want to say two winters ago, when you, maybe it actually was even last year, when you told me that you had procured like, I don't know, 70 or 80 cans. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just an absurd amount of winter solstice. Well, you couldn't
2: find him anywhere, so I had to yeah. go to like Total Wine and More down yeah. in uh, I don't remember where it was at the time, and uh, it was the only place I saw him. I didn't see him yeah. Trader Joe's. I saw him nowhere, and so well, I thought, well, I'm just gonna buy every every sixer that I see here. I just loaded up a shopping cart yeah. with them, and yeah, I yeah. came home, and I thought to myself, I think I gave you a, a one or two of them, didn't
1: I? You were pretty stingy, as you should be. And uh, let's be fair, I found my, I found my, my, my stash, you know, I had to go to a you couple did. different total wines. I'm curious out there, you guys who like to indulge in the adult beverages, um, do you have a favorite beer or maybe it's a wine or liquor that is kind of hard to find? As I burp into the mic, I apologize. Um, cause you know, if, if it's hard to find, especially these, like, these smaller companies, then you got to really strike while the iron is hot, Paul.
2: Well, it's either that, or you can uh, partake in our Patreon. Join our Discord. And uh, I believe there's a a specific channel dedicated to conversations just like
1: this. You know, the Master Segway has had one off week, and he's back in a vengeance, back with a vengeance, I should say, uh, these last two episodes. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, Starting February 1st, which is like any day now. Uh, mm-hmm. Discord will be for our patrons only, which we have like a bunch of them in there right now. And the, and the discourse is fierce and invigorous. And there's a whole channel all about libations and, um, and imbibing those libations.
2: There, there's, there's artwork, there's playlists, there's ingenuity. Surveys. I have to say. Surveys. Questionnaires. Um, what yeah. a wonderful community. You and I, we, we, talk, we, we talk about this all the time. It's the community that mm-hmm. really makes this entire thing as rewarding and fulfilling as it is. So uh, we encourage folks to, to continue to, to build that community with us. And, uh, obviously it, it, it helps, you know, put the lights on. Look, Jason has some I amazing, have, I have three lights amazing on right things now. in store. <laughs> you, you do. I know, but we, we, we have, I, I said, Jason, cause you're really doing most of the legwork, but, uh, we, I'll, I'll just throw it. I'll use the Royal. We,
1: <laughs> it's the Royal. We.
0: Yeah, I get
2: it. we, 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 we have, uh, some amazing things planned for this wonderful show this year. And, uh, and And quite frankly, it, there's some some really cool steps forward. and uh, and and those things unfortunately um do do come with associated costs. And so yes, uh, we're very, very when, grateful you, when you
1: upgrade to, to the content, you upgrade the logistics. And so mm-hmm. that's right, uh, we can't tell you exactly how that's going to happen, but it's it's coming very, very soon. probably it when Jam mm-hmm. decides to unleash new music. You know who else has unleashed new music, paul when.
2: is it is it still a win or is it turning into an if? What's going on? Here?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's a listening party like now or tomorrow or something, and uh, somebody will know something, and uh, hopefully we get an actual track this week, if not next. But anyways, uh, we do have a a new track from Stone's other band, Painted Shield. It came out on Monday. It's called Transsector. Um, Any just initial knee-jerk reactions to this track? I mean, it came out of nowhere. I didn't know it was coming.
2: Yeah. I mean, until you told me it was here. I didn't realize it either. It's a busy day. Um, look, I gave this thing a listen, and I have to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised it feels um, dismissive, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, they, these are very talented musicians, love what they do. Uh, it, it's it's refreshing, actually, to to see them explore different creative horizons. But But this... I felt the same way listening to this as I did when I first heard Dance of the the Clairvoyants. It's like, wow, they are really stepping stepping out of the batter's box with this and doing something very unexpected. There, there was ingenuity to it. It had uh, some some cool new wave vibes to it. Um, There was uh, a a nice nice poppy influence in there as well. I don't know. It's it's just it felt ambitious and mature at the same time. Yes, and we had uh, we, we had. We had, we had some
1: guest vocals, didn't we, on that second verse? I mean, I, Brittany Davis featured very prominently on a couple of tracks on Painted Shield 2, and they did That's a great true. job this time around as well. Um, you know, they did the the backing vocals, and it's full of like hall reverb, very big. The whole opening yeah. of the song is kind of this big synth swell with the vocals between um, Mason and Brittany, and then it kind of just goes right into that kind of the usual kind of stone chicken head groove that you would love <laughs> that we have loved, you know, and it just, it sounds big stones, riffs kind of connect everything, but then you have the rhythm section kicking ass. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's for me, it's the right use of synth too. Cause I'm not a huge fan of the instrument per se. Um, but there is, it's used in my opinion, the right way. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a dance groove. The way that they utilize, you know, the the traditional rock and roll thing, rhythm section, and the synths and the vocals, um, and I think that the dance part of it, and then like the synthy swells part of it, are broken up enough that you don't get sick of it. And then all of a sudden, the song ends, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, nothing overstated. It's welcome. It like it makes me want to go back and listen to the song again and that's just great and i was pleasantly surprised by that um i mean maybe not surprised is the right word but i, I guess i knew what pan shield did and i feel like they found even another level and i'm now i'm really stuck i mean this album comes out late july july 26th i want to say so pan and shield three get ready for it
2: very excited for it
1: yeah well this week guys um, as we wait for new Pearl Jam music. Pure, Pearl Jam? I, I can't talk. Pearl Jam. It's, it's the solstice, guys. Um, we decided to kind of go back into the deconstruction of a song series that we did. We've done, I should say. We've done intros, verses, choruses, solos, outros. But there's one piece of a song arrangement we haven't done yet. That is The Bridge. And for all my Limp Bizkit fans, take it to the bridge. Uh, sorry, that's not Limp Bizkit, That's Timbaland. <laughs> that's Timbaland and that Justin Timberlake song. I just, I just annoyed everybody with that. Um, so we are going to talk about what we think are the best slash our favorite bridges in the catalog. Now, everybody knows what a verse is. Everybody knows what a chorus is. Uh, let's just say that some people maybe don't know what a bridge is. So let's, let's kind of define it. And I I did kind of do some Googling to kind of get the right nomenclature. And I think we most, I think most of us know what the masterclass series is, right? You know what that is, Paul? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So masterclass has many musicians that host these kind of classes, um, in varying ways. And one of these articles on Masterclass mentions what a bridge is, and here's what they think a bridge is. A bridge is a section of a song that's intended to provide contrast to the rest of the composition. Typically, a bridge will follow a chorus section and present something different, whether it's a different chord progression, a new key, a faster or slower tempo, or a meter change. A song doesn't end on its bridge, so there will always be an opportunity to steer the composition back to its main themes once the bridge has concluded, couldn't have said it any better myself.
2: Could you Paul? <laughs> no, I thought that was uh, beautifully defined. And great. And not just beautifully defined, clearly defined, which is what yes. we need for this exercise. Exactly. <laughs> to be successful. Exactly. I think
1: I think clear is the, is the word choice we're looking for. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'll tell you what, Paul. Um I was kind of going through song by song over the last week, and there are a lot of really good bridges. And it yeah. makes me think that a good bridge is actually the hallmark of a great song. What do you think? Uh, yeah, what's interesting is you're going to find
2: that, you know, what I feel are two of their strongest bridges, actually, at least one of them accompanies a song that I. Don't know if I would regard as one of their strongest compositions, per se.
1: Ooh, and this so, is in your top five? I, I don't know.
2: Uh, it's it's uh, one or two, quite frankly.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, Now I'm very yeah. excited. Um, by the way, I want to point out that I don't know that I want to even mention any honorable mentions because going through this made me want to think about another part to this down the line somewhere. So I want to just like do our five and then – leave it there, and then maybe we come back to this at some point because I've got a lisp.
2: Now, now yeah, but to, to to make sure that we're clear on the definition. Yes. The bridge cannot end the song, correct? Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Now, there's one entry on my list that it, it it's curious based on its placement and the way the mm-hmm. song ends because it, in theory, does not end the song, but at the same time, it could be argued that it is – the final set of lyrics of the song, even though it is a direct departure oh, from the way the this. other lyrics have been sung. So
1: I don't know. Yeah. I think I know what song you're talking about. And, um, will we'll
2: does that qualify? It, or, I it, mean,
1: if, if, if you're talking about the song that I think you're talking about, we can have that discussion when we come to it. Okay. Cause it's, it's an interesting conversation. So let's, um, let's start with five. Paul. Okay. Okay. So, uh, number
2: five for me I think w- when I think of, of a quality bridge um, I really love what uh, immortality does
3: can I stop?
2: think that you know that this is a a song that has such a delayed intro you know what i mean it's a song that that especially when played live um the way that mike would kind of play that, that lovely little interlude and then they break into the song um and they don't really play it that often that way anymore i think you and i saw them at the sports arena in la and he did that and i remember i was like losing my mind at the time because I had heard it played that way so many times in 95 and 96, and they just got away from it <clears throat> and they mm-hmm. just kind of would just launch right into it. Um, but I, I, I always loved that, that intro. And I think that the bridge of this song pairs beautifully with that. There, there's, there's almost a symmetry to it. Hmm. You, you have the song that I think it's, I don't want to say universally, but but commonly re- regarded to be about Kurt Cobain and Cobain's death. Um, and then you 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 have this this set of lyrics here. Uh, I cannot stop the thought. I'm running in the dark, coming up the which way side. All good truants must decide. Stripped and sold, mom, auctioned f- forearm and whiskers in the sink. And then you you get into the uh, the truant moves on right back into the chorus. So mm-hmm. I think that that bridge there to me has always stood out because there's not only a sense of urgency but desperation there. And I find that a bridge is successful when it elevates a song into oh, a yeah. different space. You know, mm-hmm. and this is a song that it's a wonderful mid tempo song. Um, but there's a sense of of climax with this bridge and it brings us to to a place of profound reflection because if you weren't sure what the song was about and you start really focusing on the lyrics here (laughs) it really starts to hit home especially at that time you know back back in in 94 Mm -hmm. you know and so i really like the way that this this bridge elevates the Emotional discharge that um, earlier in the track seems to kind of hover within a very confined space. So, for me, that that's it, it's top five for me for sure.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's a great choice. Um, in your your explanation of why it's good and how it elevates, well, that's going to be a theme for me as well my fifth choice comes from the same album and it comes from a well it, it, it's a moment that many have tipped as like the greatest moment in the band's career and Ooh. I love it but it's not for me that high it's corduroy nah, I knew it yeah <laughs> It's that you know, that simple two chord progression. It's basically just C to G and back again, with Mike doing a little flare uh, single note dealy to round the melody out. Um, and that by itself is fantastic. It, you know, but then you get the earnest singing from Ed. You know, we we've said it before and we'll say it again. Everything has changed. Absolutely nothing's changed. Take my hand, not my picture, spill my tincture, and then right back into the verse. And there's a reason the band decided to elongate it, you know, over the last handful of tours. And Ed introducing a similar kind of call and response thing that he's done for decades with the daughter tag. And then often Mike will come out and do some sort of impromptu solo, sometimes at Ed's behest. And um eventually Ed will indulge us with the actual lyrics. We we've been waiting to hear. But funnily enough, I don't actually care for that, that that drawn out version. <laughs> like when they just nah. played the song. <laughs> um, I think the beauty of the bridge is it's a sickness um, it just it finds this new level and then comes back down and again, it makes you want more kind of like I mentioned the Painted Shield song it doesn't overstay its welcome um, and I think that's key because it is only two chords it, it there's not a lot going on there so to keep it as it were I think would be better but the band has chosen to disagree with me and that's obviously fine <laughs> but nevertheless the bridge is amazing and it's number five for me
2: yeah, that's a great call. It's actually my number four. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, just when you think about this song and Eddie trying to to vocalize the pressures of stereotyping and being confined into these roles and these expectations and this idea that you can be so successful, so wildly successful, and people only see... The privilege that comes with that success, they right. don't recognize the chains. Um, and Eddie, it's the flip side of that lyric, right? It's 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 not just the everything has changed; it's absolutely nothing's changed. I think that's what really yeah. resonates in the, mm-hmm. in those lines. Um, you know, take my hand, not my picture. You know what I mean? It's it's th- this idea that that <laughs> it's it's so wonderfully crafted because. Um, we start to idolize people um, in ways that are not healthy. And uh, we start taking refuge in these misplaced and misguided ideas of, of who we think they are, as opposed to actually getting to know somebody. Um, and it's amazing what happens when you, you actually get to know folks on a human level. You know, you and I have been so fortunate to, to talk to some amazing people. Who've been associated not just with Pearl Jam directly, but but have been uh, connected to the band um, and and the scene that was um, right very yeah. much cultivated by by the band and, and by others at the time. Um, you know, uh, loved our, our conversations with with Kevin Martin and, and the opportunity that we that we've had to to connect with with him and with others outside of uh, you know, the recording of this show. And when you yeah. when you start to like really see folks for for who they are and their makeup and um, their philosophies and their their stances and their positions and and their values. Um, it, it, lines like this resonate. You know, take my hand, not my picture. Um, and it's the humanity that really gets lost. I feel like when we we start to gravitate towards uh, things or people, I should say, and, and their endeavors that we regard as being wildly successful. Um, and and that's the hardest part, right? It's like you, you, you see someone successful at something. It's like, how do you, how do you separate the success and the feeling that success has on you, right? Somebody does something, creates something and influences you and impacts you. Can you separate that experience from the person who created it? probably not right unless you have this yeah. this wonderful opportunity to meet that person and even then i, I mean like I'll, I'll just you know r- referencing um, um, the, you know, the time spent with kevin martin would would paul at the age of 25 have handled that situation the same way as you know paul in his <laughs> 40s i don't i'm not so sure <laughs> i don't know if if, if i would have been able to appreciate the the salient Conversation and the the points that were made, the you know what I mean. I, I just, I'm just uh, it's not that I wouldn't have been as present, but I, I I didn't have the perspective, you know. So yeah, I think that, that, that this is a bridge that um that it's it, it's the it's the kind of thing that somebody gets tattooed, you know. What I'm <laughs> I, um, yeah,
1: and and, so. and not only those words, but the perf- the vocal performance to mm-hmm. articulate them,
2: very elevated. Agreed.
1: Alright, so my number four, I'm going to go two albums later to the Yield record, and I'm going to go with Faithful. You know, the nature of this bridge is basically a two-by-two-by-four. Two Two repetitions of a riff progression, and then you get two more of another, which is the variation of the first with another guitar layer, and then back to a similar version of the first, but repeated four times before we swing back into the chorus. Now, the final four, of course, has Ed singing, you know, these simple lines of, and echoes, nobody hears, it goes, it goes over it. I've always found this song... To be a mountain, because Hmm. you musically ascend and then descend on the other side of this bridge. If you think about it like that, you'll see why, in my view, the crescendo of this piece of music is one of the best bridges in the catalog. You start Hmm. quiet, you get into a a more crunchy verse, chorus, pre-chorus, and then it hits that guitar, and you go up. Then you add another guitar and it gets even heavier. Then you come back down the other side. Then you add Ed and you come back down to the rest of the song again, almost like a like a triangle. And I always get, like as you said, I feel elevated when I get to that guitar section. And it's, it's mostly musical. There's a little bit of Ed in the back end. But for some reason, it lifts me up. And I think even in its simplicity, uh, similar to a song that I thought would definitely be in my top five and somehow got kicked out, um, a song off of, of, of verses that I won't mention another <sighs> musical only bridge that is just like <sighs> <sighs> for some reason it's simplicity just elevates and is magical I think that Faithful and it's bridge is the crowning achievement of that song and says everything that the song wants to say hmm. without ha- having any lyrics really I love it. in it too
2: love it, great call
1: alright so now we're at three now we're now we're at the hump.
2: Oh, boy, uh, this one to me is, is is seminal in the sense that uh, this it, it, this this bridge I think was a, was not only a highlight of the song, it might be the best part of the song. It, it's definitely a highlight of the record. It, it's the bridge from Dissident.
1: Oh, there you um, go. You said it. You just you just I said did. it. I led yeah. you perfectly. Yeah.
2: yeah' so the perfect segue there it's there's no lyrics you know it it's it's just guitar parts and, and drums um it's It's absolutely perfect in, in its, its powerful impact um in the way that it frames the emotional quandary that the speaker in the song is faced with.
1: There's a lot and of tension on, on, on that last there's chord. There's so much
2: tension. That's a yeah. great word for it. There's, there's so much tension there. And uh, and it leads into this very emotive and impassioned, you know, she gave him away. You know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, way it's, credit
1: it's, to it, Dave Aperziz for the feel that he uses to get from that last chord back into the chorus. It's beautiful. Yeah,
2: yeah. Great, great call there. Great call. So it's. Uh, I think it's uh, incredibly affective and uh yes you know it's there's there's a certain level of appreciation for a bridge that's devoid of lyrics because it it really requires the music to take you on a like a a detour you know what i mean but not Mm -hmm. a dramatically different detour that's like where do we just go there you know what i mean it's not like um you know, the solo from Don't Fear the Reaper for, it's like, well, it's you acid. Tri- I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, what part it, of
1: the song is this in?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it really has to be more of like a, when I say detour, I really mean like a frontage road. You know what I mean? It's like, it's adjacent mm-hmm. to the highway that you're on, but it's just, it, it's at a different speed and it's just doing something different. It's the service road. And so <laughs> it very much is. Um, and I think that this, this this one here in Dissident does that magnificently. It's uh yeah. It's 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 a shining, shining moment on that record. So I, I what well, you know, I I'd I would not take Umbrage if somebody said that's the number one bridge in the catalog. I I, mm. I see an argument for that.
1: I'll tell you what, when when this became our topic for this show, I wrote down Dissident first, because I, I thought for sure it's gonna be in my top five. So what you I think of right? great Pearl Jam Bridge, what's the first thought that comes in your head, right? Go, go go watch touring bands DVD and then go to the performance of this song in frigid, uh, <laughs> Alpine Valley, and uh, I just there's just something about it and the way that you know what they do live that they don't do in the record is Mike. This is for the guitar nerds out there. Mike plays it's a it's a G A B. Uh, maybe it's a is a G A B something like that. Someone's gonna help me. But anyways, what he does is on the last chord, which I think is a B. Um, he adds his pinky and it changes the voicing of the chord a little bit and it's just fucking beautiful I just I just love it every time I hear it and he still does it um, but I always think of that moment when he's freezing in his leather jacket and he's all bundled up like a friggin he looks like George Costanza with the cool. Gore-Tex jacket on in the wine shop like you can't move um, anywho my number three uh, I'm gonna go to a song not eat on a record ooh I'm going with sad you. Out of the second chorus, we get some like semi-staccato hits, band hits, highlighted by Matt's drum. Do do do. I just more like do 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 pa ba, pa ba, 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 that thing, which you guys just heard because you were playing all the parts before we talk about them. Um this this whole progression repeats with an extended ending the second time through in Mike's pick scrape really sets that intensity up, up a notch, and I love it. Um, Ed is really emoting the sentiments of the song here, helped by his harmonized vocal layer, and it all leads perfectly into Mike's solo. And oftentimes a bridge that leads directly into a solo is either like really mellow and builds at the last second, or it maintains or even elevates the intensity, as we were talking about before, of the song. It just transitions you into the guitar solo, which this does. And the full band just strikes. Uh, the full band strikes just bring you up a level from the chorus and you're you're brought to this different stratosphere, which ultimately is where Mike takes us away. And, and just listen to these lyrics as the band kind of builds to Mike's emotive solo. Holding his last breath, believing he'll make his way, but she's not forgotten. He's haunted. He's searching for escape. Down, 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 down. So good. So good. It all just builds. And yep. it's those kinds of building solos, where the tension just builds and builds and builds, and it has to go somewhere, right? When it goes into a guitar solo, Jason's very happy, because Jason loves guitar solos, so that's dope. In Dissident, it's the other way around. It builds into a chorus, which Ed does what the solo would do, which is just go nuts. Um, Now, this song structure is pretty common, uh, but what you do within that structure is the key, right? And many bands can perform this pretty I guess routine or ununique song structure but you have to do something special to make the song great and this bridge connects a great chorus to a great solo which connects to an even more impactful chorus afterwards and but we can't get there if this bridge doesn't exist because nothing else is going to elevate it to the point where it needs to get there so I absolutely love sad it 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 surprised me when I was going through the catalog oh yeah this is amazing and so one of the reasons why dissident isn't there because sad pumped it out
2: yeah, no, I, that's a tough call. That's a tough call. Good call.
1: So we are down to our final two here, my friend.
2: Our final two, yeah. So I mean again, I mean, when I started thinking about top five, it was like what are the first sets of bridges that just pop into my head that are mm-hmm. just like I said, not not just shining achievements on the on the, the song itself, but on the album. And uh one of those ones that really stands out to me is um In My Tree. Down in his home, really? It's his home, Eddie's. Oh my goodness! It's like a vortex. It's one of those things where he's talking about this isolated retreat. You know, like he's he's Mm -hmm. up in my tree, and it's just I just trying to get away from it all. Um, And the song has this wonderful way of creating a, a cloud of sound that envelopes us. With that guitar, but it isn't until the bridge that you feel like you actually crawl into the hole of the tree,
0: or, <laughs>
2: okay. or, or to perhaps a different metaphor that you actually climbed high enough where you can see over the clouds, and it's yes. just this, okay. this 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 beautiful, you know, like I guess blanket of of fog or clouds, what have you, and you're just seeing over it, and there's clarity and peace. And Paul is gesticulating
1: and, and, so well right now. You guys can't see it,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I mean, it's that that's that's what that bridge does for me. I just I, yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm. It takes me somewhere, you know, similar to what Corduroy does, but I, I think in a, a little bit, there's a bit more of a visceral quality to it, at least in terms of the imagery that it generates, um, because it really is. It's very it's very focused on on f- not not just messaging, which is what I think Corduroy does well. With that bridge, I think this bridge um, shines in a different way. I think it, it focuses more on the temporal. It focuses more on um, that you know, that that feeling of being anchored somewhere that that so far removed from the chaos that you can't be touched, and that the freedom and the um, you know, the liberation that comes with that. So it, it's it's just always been a bridge that to me it, it's, it really sticks out. You know what I mean in the catalog. A lot, and uh, it's hard to replicate live. There, there there's yes. a, a sonic quality to it on the album that that um you know, and we'll talk more about you know sonic quality when we get to our our, our lyric of the week and our live mm-hmm. cut that goes with it. Um, but that that there's something special about the way that they captured that in the studio, and it it, it really really just stands out to me. So going within my tree,
1: you know, you you surprised me with that because when I was going through, I was thinking to myself. All right, yeah, no, it's like a, it's airy, and it's it's a connective tissue between the the what I consider to be kind of soaring verses, um, I, and I love the the chord progression in those verses. It's so good, um, it is very good. But I, I get maybe I overlooked it because you know we were saying before elevation. I guess in my head elevation was more um, like a like a change in energy from a positive point of view you took elevation in this sense, almost literally where you're being lifted up not necessarily by energy but by the i guess the emotion or the what's well, it feels like the whole band's
2: commenting in in the way that this, yeah. this is being sung you know what i mean there's a choral quality to. It. i don't know it's uh um, yes
1: that's a good point that's a good word choral yeah. I like that. And, Hell, yeah, and, and it,
2: no, no. Do the Evolution is not my, my, my number one, but...
1: <laughs> it, it, that's a fun one, but it's not in the top five. It is, yeah. Uh, all right. Interesting choice. I like that. I like that. All right, cool. And we've only, we've only uh, uh, re- repeated one song so far, which is great. Yeah. Now, here's where things might... I wonder if this is going to be your first or if I'm just... I don't know. Well, anyways, the song for number two for me... He's nothing, man. This one is almost all Ed. You know, you can you can feel every single note he sings. The definition of leaving it like all out on the field, to borrow a sporting term. This bridge, it's split into two parts. The first, a continuation of kind of the vibe and the tempo we've gotten throughout the song, just kind of a different chord progression that prompts Ed to find another level. And then... It's the drum and bass, drum and, drum and bass break. If I could speak correctly, and then we focus on that beautiful, just swimmy guitar tone of Stone and Ed, absolutely bearing his heart and soul, more naked than anywhere else on the song, um, probably the record really, and maybe only rivaled by "quote unquote" that moment in Black. Um, I mean, these words. She don't want him. She won't feed him after he's flown away into the sun. Burn, burn. Oh, absolutely brutal! It's the combination of the music, lyrics, Ed's vocal performance. It this is this is peak Pearl Jam, and it's in about thirty seconds of music and nothing, man. It just everything is huge. It's great. Well, that's
2: my number one <laughs> son of a bitch.
1: There it is. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly,
2: it, it was it, 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 mostly because uh, you know this moment and uh, that moment in black are, are arguably my my favorite moments in the catalog. Mm. Um, that they are. Uh, you peak Pearl Jam. You said it best. Um, there is a level of you know, um, emotive projection that's just yes. borderline unrivaled. You know, um, yeah. and it's, and it's just the sentiment behind it, you know, that, that you, you had something special and you squandered it away. And, uh, you, you, it's like you're, you're Icarus, you know, you're just flying too close and you just burn up. Um, and, and, and what's interesting is it's, it's not spiraling down and crashing in this relationship. It's somehow Going in the opposite direction, it's like a rocket ship that just like propels itself into this burning inferno of 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 you know perpetual errors and judgment. I guess, <laughs> it's, uh, and i I've always been I've always thought that was profound. You know, the visual of an upward trajectory to describe this 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 burning up of 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 losing something so special because. That's where you are in that space. You're up here. You know what I mean. You're 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 in the clouds with it. And, and even if you screw it up, it's because you're in the clouds with your your self-absorbed selfishness or something. You know what I mean. Wherever it is, it, it's up here. It's not down there. Um, and I thought that that was the the, the way that he scales that upwards, yeah. both in the the vocal delivery and the the lyrical composition was was beautifully mirrored and. There's an alignment to it, and it's a it it, uh, it does such a marvelous job of, of kind of
1: you know swinging the song into that direction. And- that's a great word. can I I mean, we've never done you know best songs list. you know, we always joke that whenever we decide to end the show, that's, that'll be the last episode. But like, is this not like top one percent of pro jam compositions? Just,
2: I well, mean, I'm, I'm multiple times on this show. I've I've been unabashedly just, just, just
1: every time you think about track, Everybody, yeah, any, it, it's one of my favorite of songs song. on the catalog. Yeah, <laughs> every it's, part it's of the song, we're just like gushing about it, and it's like, what's the bad parts? Only when Stone adds distortion to his guitar live. That's it. Yeah,
2: that's the only. Yeah, the, the, the live. part. I, I don't know if they'll <laughs> ever. I, I, one of these days they'll actually, you know, it, it would be so great if they, if they get together with a symphony, you know, at some point. Oh just, my just, God. Just,
1: don't just, even, the, don't joke about that.
2: I know. And, and we, we've done this we, we did the whole, you know, what would the symphony playlist be? And, and, and both of us had this do it again. honestly, I don't,
1: I don't remember what the hell we chose. We should just do it again. Well, it was a while sometimes. ago. And I think,
2: uh, <laughs> I know for sure it was, it was pre-Gigaton, at least I believe it was. Yes.
1: So. Yeah, well, no, so. I mean, Gigaton came out before we started the show, so that couldn't be.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I thank you. I walked that back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Anyway, um,
1: what a song. But,
0: but, what a but for
2: me, it was, it was, it was kind of tied with black. And I wanted to go black, but there was a part of me, that was like, uh, do I have to disqualify it? You know, like, this, this is the whole, okay. the whole, you know, ooh, does that count as an ending? And then, you know, this is the bridge. Because my favorite moment in the Pearl Jam catalog is right. I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star in somebody else's sky, but why can't it be mine? Is that the bridge? I it feels like it is. But but is it this climactic ending and then it's just music? I don't know. So I went well, with here's nothing the, man here's the on the that. basis that it fits the definition. But yes, no. If I had I, I an think, honorable mention that I don't know. You, what do you think?
1: No, no. So I think I think you made the right call in that the it's it's so ambiguous, right? But like, you know, the chord progression in black is At that that point, through the outro, is basically the same thing. EDC, true. EDC, EDC, EDC. The only thing that changes is everything around that. Um, That's what "quote unquote" separates those moments from the rest of the outro. It's it's quite seamless, right? So one could get away that that's a bridge that leads to the outro, and that it's just you know a real nice cozy shake of the hands, hug kind of situation. Um, And some might say. It's kind of just the beginning of the outro. I mean, I could see both sides of that. But yeah. listen, if if you just, you know, squash that bug by saying, "How about we just do nothing man instead?" <laughs> yeah, Which is what I did. <laughs> tough to beat. Now, it it's very tough to beat, but for me, there's a moment that I in in I'm dying I'm probably, to hear this by the way. Yeah, I'm probably wrong for many of I mean, wrong, it's, it's, it's subjective But I think many of you would be like Nah, it's great, but is it better than this? For me, I've always had a real heavy connection To this song And especially this moment And that is breath
0: Ah,
2: okay, I had a feeling you might go there
1: Yeah, for many reasons, uh, many of the same reasons um, as Nothing Man, Breath is my first choice for top bridges in the Pearl Jam catalog. This this bridge, it's it's longer than most and contains kind of two halves, both but both musically are are very dynamic, which I think is really cool. Um, where all parties play a very important role in ratcheting up the tension and emotion of the moment. So, like Sad. You know, we maintain, if not elevate, the level of the song from an amazing chorus. Mm-hmm. But this bridge, as I mentioned, has another level. What's the uh, What's the old video game meme? This isn't even my final form. Like,
0: <laughs> that's what this is to
1: me. You know, <laughs> the uh, the guitars kind of move up the fretboard, so they get higher. You know, a couple of steps. Jeff's bass has this really cool transition, this little riff to kind of get from one half to the other. And Ed absolutely blows your minds and hearts with how he belts out these words. If I knew where it was, I would take you there. There's not much more than this. Well, I beg of you, Paul and listening audience, there's not much more than this. (laughs) Well said. The the bridge alone is why I value breath so highly uh, and put it way, way up at the tippity-tippity-top of the entire Pearl Jam catalog, and obviously the rest of the song is tremendous. I mean, Mike just melting faces right after this moment. What did I say about sad? The bridge raising the bar, leading to a beautiful uh-huh. Mike solo. Like There's reasons. So again, Nothing man, Damn Near Flawless. I just happened to gravitate toward this song a tiny bit more, and it's because of this bridge, and I've always loved it, and... Call 1A1B if you want to. I mean, they're like, you know, 98 to 99 kind of thing in that capacity. But um whew. Man. Good call. Good call. What do you guys think out there? We repeated two songs, Corduroy and Nothing Man. Both Vitalogy songs. A lot of Vitalogy love on this on this list. Does it surprise you?
2: There are. I know. No, no, it doesn't, because I feel like uh, uh the song structures were evolving. By the time they got to Phytology, Ed had a, a heavier hand in what they were doing. And uh, I feel like the bridge kind of gave everybody an opportunity to um, contribute, as it were. You know what I mean? I mean, it was it was a band that was, you know, you could argue was coming apart at the seams. And so I find it, <laughs> I find it interesting that the that the bridge was, in a lot of ways, this was a bridge album. You know what I mean? Um
1: yeah. One
2: of them, so I don't know.
1: Well, let us know what you guys think about um, the best bridges slash your favorite bridges in the Pearl Jam discography. There are, like I said, I'm not going to mention them, uh, but there's another 20 on my list here that are awesome and fun. Paul mentioned one of them. I won't repeat it. Go back in your player if you want to. Um, So while we sit on that, you guys think about that, we're going to move on to our lyric of the week all right lyric of the week this week we are finishing off the binaural album and we're hitting sleight of hand Okay Paul sled of hand um, first verse from a trippy song. what do you got?
2: Well first of all, trippy to me is uh, does not do this song the justice that it deserves <laughs> uh, I love this song and uh, it, this is always I don't want to call it a point of contention between us, but I feel like we we joke about what I would call my general uh, disdains probably too strong of a word, but uh, my, 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 my general uh, distaste. I I I'm trying to say this politely, well, for a song like uh, all those uh, yesterdays, but um, this is, is a song God that. Damn you. No, okay, whatever. But <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this f- for you is what that is for me because every time I bring it up, you, there's like a curdling in your voice when you react to. It.
1: Put it this way i I dislike this song less than you dislike evacuation.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. That, that that that's good to that's know. Good. Because th- yeah. there's a, a heaviness to the song. There is an incredible amount of, of atmosphere. It is haunting. Um it's it's there's a, such a unique time signature to it. Um there is a dark experiment experimental quality to it that you don't really hear in most places in the catalog. I think it's incredibly powerful. It's it it's there's a dreamscape that they create in this song, which I think is absolutely perfectly matched to the lyrical sentiments because it's about just like getting caught up in just the doldrums of existence and the day-to-day mm. routine and losing your humanity and your soul in the process and forgetting what it means to be human and just exist at all and 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 realizing at a point in time where it's like, my God, where have all the years gone? And, um, and that's the sleight of hand. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the great con job of the American dream sometimes is, is that we mm. we labor and we labor and then we look up one day and it's like, my God, my whole life just passed me by. And like, what have I been working towards and in service of this whole time? And to, to, to layer to layer a song like this in ways that make us feel, you know, you called it trippy to me. I mean, it, it's, it, it really is this atmospheric dreamscape. It's, there is so much thought or a nightmare escape. And uh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, either way, there's an ingenuity to it that, and an mm-hmm. authenticity to the, to the um, composition and the production that I, I, th- I you just, I, you just don't always find, you know, so oftentimes we'll talk about Pearl Jam songs and how, you know, we'll, we'll either agree or disagree about whether or not the, the music matches what the lyrics are, are about, you know, it's like, wow, this mm. is such a sad song, but the lyrics sound, or I'm sorry, but the, the, the music sounds so peppy and upbeat, you know what I mean? Or vice versa. There is a perfect marriage here. Um, And there are other songs, you know, in the catalog, like nothing is it seems on this album, no less like nothing is, it seems and rival and so on that, that, that achieve something similar, but, Pearl Jam doesn't really step outside of their comfort zone in the same capacity throughout most of the catalog. Up, I, I mean, recently, yes, they have, which I, I adore and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm thrilled about. And, you know, I think uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance is a great example of that. But up until then, you know, it was really songs like You Are and, and more so a song like this, Sleight of Hand, that, that really showed us what the band could do uh and i had always wished that they would experiment more and 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 push the boundaries a bit more in the way that they did here so haunting gorgeous gorgeous song and uh yeah i mean again it's like the 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 core there's a, a, just a a dense heaviness to the chorus that you i it's such an underrated song i've i've always felt this way so i think that the lyrics themselves really really capture that beautifully as well you know, just that this idea of um, finding yourself caught in the state of existence that is just—it's not that it's depressing. I mean, there's a level of unfulfillment and tragedy that accompanies the realization. You know what I mean? Like this routine and the theme that this is your routine, and you're 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 pouring yourself into this. This, and when we say uniform, it, it, let's not. Assume that this means a military uniform. If this could be a, a suit and tie. This I it was could a suit be, and tie, yeah. you know, but it doesn't have to be. It could be, um, you know, a mailman outfit. It could be a Best Buy shirt. You know, what I'm saying it. It, it could be anything. I mean, it, whatever it is that you go to work in every day, that's the uniform. You know what I mean? Um, something he hadn't imagined being. That's the key. Is that you? Here you are, and you're like, how did I get here? Like this is not what I thought my life would be. <laughs> this is not who I yeah. thought I would be. And you're staring down at your hands and I, I don't remember the change. Like, what? how did I get here? You know, wh- wh- when did this happen? I now I don't even remember the plan. I don't even remember what I thought I was going to do with my life. <laughs> I, and I love that, that, that in, was it, and then in ellipses, you know? Like, how do you capture an ellipses in music? Can't even and remember the, he, the question. That's what, yeah, was it, question. Yeah. And then there's this like, and this pause, you know, and, and the vocal delivery does that beautifully. And man, that God, you know, it takes balls, man, to, to put us that into a song. You know what I mean? Cause it is this band an unfinished too. quality, especially by this band. There's an unfinished quality to it that makes you think like, the, is it, is it laziness? Like you, you couldn't think of a way to finish the lyric And like, What are you doing? Here? No, it's, it's perfect because there's that, that sense of, of, of a tragic, um, helplessness <clears throat> and the discord that comes with not understanding how you got to this place. So it, I don't know. I, I just thought that the delivery is so thoughtful and intentional and there's so much purpose behind the signaling here that mm. it's, uh, it's incredibly well executed on every single level. It really, really is. And no, it doesn't have the catchiness of 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 a pearl jam hit, and I think if it did, this might be a crowning achievement. Quite frankly, uh, but, hmm. but I would say that Bold. it's a very underrated achievement. Well, I mean, it, if you take all of that and then you combine it with you know a hook like Better Man, like this is something. I mean, do you don't want to talk? Well, about. that'd be
1: that's that, that's a long conversation because that that wouldn't really work for this mm. theme, in my opinion. But it would say I mean, that. They're, they're, I think if you, if this song were on No Code, it might have been a single. Judging how they. Well, oh, how about losing my religion,
2: this? right? Like a hook like that. You know, there's a song that's this it's has a downward spiral to it. I mean, you can have a song that thematically. Yeah,
1: I mean that that's a much that that composition that has a
2: poppier hook to it. Is. You know what I mean? So I, I think yeah. that if they had done that with a song like this, we we'd be talking about it in the same vein. But you know, anyway. Interesting. I've waxed poetically I mean, enough on this one. I've been waiting for years for this <laughs> Well, <moment. laughs> I, knew you, I knew
1: you wanted to. So, you know, age before beauty, right? As we said a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Paul. My, I don't know if your kids have this, but or, or did at least when they were younger. My kids have a little weekly calendar that has tasks on it. You know, get dressed, brush your teeth, take a bath, clean your room, that kind of stuff. And when they do it, they get a sticker. Yeah, Try to know, create so some, some, some sort of responsibility.
2: Responsibility know. chart, something like that, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, my little one is big on routines and schedules. As he does not like are. change. With, with,
2: with structure comes <laughs> uh, comfort, my friend.
1: Yes, exactly. This one especially so, though. and So this is kind of a way to kind of get him to really enjoy that routine that he normally likes, but when he's tired, and at the end of the day, it can be – you know, kind of a fight sort of thing, which is okay. not uncommon with, with a lot of kids. Um, so nothing like a, little, like a little positive reinforcement. It's different, though, when we're adults. Routine often sends us into like these blue feelings, especially when that routine involves a job we don't particularly care for. Uh, yeah. And especially one that is so far down a career path that we know it'd be a massive undertaking to try and start a new different career path. If we decided to just say, you know, fuck it and and quit. So we feel stuck and chained to this work-life balance that rarely offers any actual balance. Really. It's a, it's a false statement. And and these, these routines can be very demoralizing as you suggested there. Like are, are we just reduced to being worker bees? Does this cycle feel unending? And I think Ed does a very nice job of articulating that in this song. Let's be honest. It it, it helps that his vocal delivery is muted, to say the least. You could say monotone. You might even say low energy, whatever you want to call it. It's intentional. It's intentional. Now, as a young man, I didn't get that. I just heard low energy Ed. And in my mind, I'm thinking, where's Ed from Leash and Hail Hail? what the fuck yeah um there's a searching get
2: quality it. to it though like the delivery is a searching quality like he's almost like talking to himself like what what what's happening here how did i get here i mean it's <laughs> i think well, it's really i, I, good I view be it because, because
1: there's a lot of he it's a lot of he it's a, it's a narration it's um it's ed's taking ed's narrating it in the way that he feels mm-hmm. in, in in i mean it's very simplistic but that's the way that i that i take it um you know, that line, pour himself into uniform, like you said, like we're not even human. Like, you know, we're just this thing that requires a suit and tie to convince people that we're human or whatever the uniform might be, as you said. It's it's an interesting opening verse to a song that, you know, I've, I've not given too much thought to before because the music didn't really grab me. And as I mentioned before, I'm a music guy first. And if the lyrics are cool, then all of a sudden the song's great to me. But if the lyrics don't really do much for me, then I'm just like, oh, okay. This is this is fine. Again, that's a lot I think a lot of people do this. A lot of people will listen to a song when they first hear it, form an opinion, and then that just is is implanted in their brain forever. And it's hard to break that cycle. It's hard to go back and say, was I wrong about something? Was should I give this another listen five, 10, 20 years later? Is it gonna I'm gonna am I gonna view the song differently? And I think people just don't do that enough. Um, Because I've definitely listened to songs in the catalog all these years later and had my opinion change a little bit or a lot. No question. And we, we did a whole Uh, show about it. Our conversations have helped
2: me do that. Oh, a
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, you know, perhaps what this song needs from me is the atmosphere and to be um, something a bit more um, to be better explored live, perhaps, so maybe yes. maybe you can help me um enjoy the song a bit more than I currently do in our live cut of the week. Ready? So a live card of the week of sleight of hand back to the binaural tour. Where and when, Paul?
2: We are going to Mountain View, California, October 31st. Binaural Tour 2000. <laughs>
1: So something I noticed with this uh, performance is, and it's something that you did point out to me is, is Jeff's presence.
2: Oh yeah, and He's the thick I think of this, this version
1: he is, and that kind of belies the whole premise of the atmosphere in this performance. You know, the chorus slash heavy parts, if you will, feel bigger than they do in the album. I like it a lot more than the album because of that. Um, in a lot of the same ways that I prefer the live version of seven o'clock to the record version because it sounds Agreed. like a bigger rock song yeah. um and finally they both have atmospheric qualities about them um and I just prefer Salad of hand's live version better, but i either way, both live versions are better than the studio anyway, tangent. <laughs> I I think basically you turn up the headphones on this bad boy and you're in a good spot. And I think Mike is doing some really, really cool things on the left side of your stereo slash headphones. And um, I mean, there's a a lead that he does in that third chorus there that's just massive. So yeah, uh, I haven't listened to all the performances, but I can totally see how this is the best.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a a treat actually listening to all of them, but it was a deflating experience because they don't all, I wish... That they were all accompanied by that heavy bass, that atmosphere, those swells, um, the effects, the reverb, those little harmonics here and there. Um, I think that's my biggest grievance with the song when it's played live. And so, this particular version, to me, at least in terms of production quality and the way it was captured, uh, it, it achieves all of that. And so, it, it, when you strip away all that from the song, and it, 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 it loses something that is so organic to what makes it what it is you know what i mean uh, it stops realizing its ambitions in the same way so i think that, that if you're looking for a version that does justice or at least as much justice as, as we'll find in the live catalog so far this is the one so uh yeah, w- listen jason with, with with all the all the, the bells and whistles they tour with these days i'd like to see him bring it back I'd you know like see what they i do
1: with it now off the top of my head and someone will correct me Uh, I feel like they did play it once on that Gigaton tour across 2022 and 2023. I think they did did it once randomly. I I could be wrong. I'll have to revisit that. But you're right. If they haven't yet, the fact that they have Boom and they have Josh means that they could get a little funky and really trip it out and make it sound huge like they are able to do remix this with sucker. 7 o'clock.
2: Like I, h- how many electronic music artists who would just go to town with this one? I mean, this this still going to have a lot of fun with this.
1: What if they just remix the entire album? Oh, man. Now we're talking. But, that'd, that'd
2: be a little... Wait, get Josh Evans to remix it what? in Dolby Atmos. What if, Jason? What if? Hmm, Oh, baby. sounds like a conversation for a later day. Oh,
1: man. Okay, well, we'll table that. Um, Guys, thank you for listening to this episode and and any others that you've listened to over the years. And uh, just a, a friendly reminder to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred
2: podcast platform of choice. We appreciate it because when you feed that algorithm, we stay whole.
1: That that is very true and if you're looking for a little bit extra um we've got a jam-packed february 1st or i could just say february and beyond over on patreon we have really ratcheted up the content over there we've got a whole brand yeah. new series with artist brad claus going deep behind the making of you know However, many posters he wants to do videos of. <laughs> and and it's that perfectly time with the
2: anniversary, right? Like, we started this right around like February, March, COVID time, didn't we?
1: May. 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 Okay. So Springtime. I want to well, say. So we're, we're almost but, there. But uh, we've also got the um, the bonus conversation with James Joseph from James and the Cold Gun. It's about 30 minutes there that you guys haven't heard yet. Love that and We just did a chat with. Uh, with david hudson from state of america on reissue box mm-hmm. sets oh my goodness that could have gone yeah, another you, you half want hour. to
2: talk about a man who knows music what a yes. treat
1: <laughs> well there's plenty there's plenty of good stuff over there plus extra uh bonus conversations with kevin martin jimmy show david Piziz, paul rackman uh, uh brad other people I, I can't think off the top of my head um and more, all over there interest in, in more coming exactly an uh, interview with um, another photographer. Oh, we did Lance Lance Mercer and Danny Clinch. Mm-hmm. So, um, but another photographer is coming down the pike very soon. He may or may not have a book coming out soon about another Seattle band. <laughs> but you know,
2: by the way, I'm, we'll I'm, I'm going to drop a, a a little a little dime here. We'll see. Somebody else might be dropping a book this year too. Very excited about uh, that conversation as well.
1: Yeah, th- uh, that 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 might be coming in the summer, and uh, it's a voice you might recognize. But uh, anywho, if you're interested in any of that stuff, links are in a bio, uh, patreon.com slash S-O-L-A-T pod. And there you go. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Spread this bad boy comment. Let's keep the conversation going. And until the next time, we'll be seeing you. Uh, how's this thing going again? Uh, you've uh, been listening. To- <laughs> and you've been listening to. <laughs> the
2: state of love and trust.
1: Oh, what a disaster.
0: Ha, ha, ha.